to uh, the third World Cup uh, preview pod with the Minnesota Football Show and the Daves I know, this Voltron of of crap, if you will. Um, we have some really good groups today, Group C and uh, Group G. Um, some, so some favorites coming out of these potential groups here. Um, and we have the regular crew, the cast and crew here, uh, Eric Silva-Brenneman. Um, how are you doing, Eric? To the bane, to the bane. I'm good. Thanks for having us again. Awesome. Yes, of course. And Rodrigo Sanchez Chavarria. How's it going, Rodrigo? I hate all the oppressive whiteness that came down. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he says that every time, but there's one of his children, I'm sure, loves it. Like they're they're full Minnesotan. <laughs> uh, and MJ, MJ, how you doing? Just to add some contrast, I, as a winter sport lover and outdoors person, love all the whiteness that that yeah. fell down. That, that, um, but it, but it is it is oppressive. Because um, in addition to the whiteness that fell down, there are a lot of stupid white drivers out there. there dude, there was a bus. My, my partner and my daughter missed their bus to school because the bus wiped out. Oh, Jesus. Yes. There's, <laughs> in St. Mm, Paul. For, for the, the sake of Eric, because Eric's not on Twitter, there's a, there's a Twitter uh, account that literally just like, gives you all the metro weather updates. And this whole, this whole morning was just like, Chaos. feeds of people just sliding into like ponds and sliding into other cars and it was just like yeah you figured you'd learn how to drive <laughs> yeah that's why i generally try to like avoid driving on that first uh that first snowfall if i can i had to i didn't run up to the grocery store today so that but that's not too far away so i was able to stay off you know main roads not too many side roads and, and go slow so which is nice but yeah. I feel like it's like this every year, like the first snow and everybody just like, oh, panic. Yes. It really is. People just um, lose their it, minds. It, as someone who grew up even further north where it gets snowier and icier, it, it, to see the same amount of seasonal like forgetfulness of, uh, you know, do's and don'ts of driving on slippery services. It's really, yeah. really annoying. Because right, I always drive perfectly all the time yeah yeah this this part of the pod is not sponsored by uh, <laughs> not, um <laughs> yeah no uh all right well we were gonna we're gonna jump into our world cup uh previews but um of note there was some minnesota united news uh this morning or this afternoon they announced some uh roster updates uh following the end of the uh, mls season um so big notes here uh the club declined uh contract options for abu Dhabi, jacory hayes nico hansen o'neill fisher um nabi kibanguchi justin mcmaster tyler miller romaine metnir and callum montgomery they are um the loans for joseph rosales and jonathan gonzalez have ended but the club is going undergoing contract negotiations um, additionally the club is negotiating with tyler miller um and eric dick as well which are interesting. Interesting. Let's put it that way. Um, but yeah, that's uh, so there's some interesting names there. Any quick uh, thoughts on, on any of the particular players? Um, I would just say it really kind of sucks that Jacory Hayes, um, it didn't get um, his option picked up, especially recovering from what a broken leg from that fucker Deli Ali. So um, that war criminal Deli Ali. So uh, war criminal. Yeah. Any other any other uh, immediate thoughts? Uh, top I'm sure, I'm sure L- uh, LAFC will pick to... him up and they'll they'll win MLS Cup again or something. I mean, that's usually how it goes. <laughs> Go I want to give uh, a shout out to two 
defensive players that we did not really see play at the at the senior level much at all and Colin Montgomery and now like Kevin Gucci uh I'm not saying they were ready for prime time they might have been just bad scouting or bad draft picks but we just didn't get to see them so I feel like I would have liked to have seen more of them whether that was a U.S. Open Cup thing whether it was a friendly whatever I just wish I could have gotten to know them a little bit better and then um also, like on the don't we need depth at this position category um, to see Nico Hansen and Justin McMaster go specifically Justin McMaster, who is young, fast, natural left wing uh, could come in for Fragapane, like didn't see enough of him, you know, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I don't know why they let both of them go, uh, but I guess we can keep our fingers crossed that Mark Watson, Adrian Heath, uh, et al. have better people coming in. That's what's happening, right? Ha 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 ha. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I feel really bad for Jacory Hayes because he was also not only uh, the representative for the um, Black Players Players Association, but he was like one of the community folks that were out at so many community events with Dane Sinclair and um, who else was that? Is that Nico Hansen and Nico Hansen, yeah. DJ Taylor, DJ Taylor. So like that was a crew that like went out and did like you know community stuff. Where, like they would show up randomly to watch a game or you know show up randomly in different places, right? I think that's that's gonna be it. And the aspect of Justin McMaster, dude, just scored on a friendly for Jamaica. So like I don't I mean, like Justin McMaster was going to be a gamble regardless because but before he got injured, um, he would have been top ten pick in a draft. I think it's telling. Uh, we that, took a gamble. Uh, oh, go ahead. We took a gamble and we just didn't didn't able to we weren't able to succeed. But you know I I wonder if there's any conversation for you know the those loons team as to because a lot of these kids played on the those loons team and I just don't understand why we wouldn't want to keep on doing that but yeah i'm all about jogo coming back though i'm ready for that i was just gonna say i think it's telling that all these uh men of color are being released and a racist piece of shit like uh <laughs> ragapane is all in by the fo which kind of says it all yeah i'll, I'll say yeah hayes and hansen were were very visible in the community um and they not because they were forced to but because they wanted to be which is you know super awesome and, and yeah both those guys go in um, McMaster, clear, I mean, clearly they saw something in the Dos Loons that they didn't like because um, that dude did score some goals for for um, Minnesota United. And, and yeah, Rodrigo, as you mentioned, he just scored for Jamaica uh, in a friendly. Um, so, uh, it, you know, it is what it is. I You got to assume that they're clearing out all their midfielders that they expect that they'll probably get some deals for. Rosales and Gonzalez done. Um, I think if I had to pick one over the other, I would, I'm with you, Rodrigo, and I would go Jogo. Um, but clearly it looks like they, they seem to think they have some, some things lined up. So, uh, who the hell knows? Any other thoughts, MJ? On the positive note, uh, Debassi, Reynoso, and Robin Lude all received uh, new contracts. So they, if you're going to pick three players to keep, out of those that needed renewing, I guess those are your three, right? I think we could agree that those are three that you're going to keep. I just, I'm with you. I wish we could keep, keep a little more. 
Yeah. All right. Well, that ends your uh, shitty Minnesota United news uh, for the day. Let's <laughs> let's get back into our World Cup group previews. Um, as I mentioned before, we're going to start off. Go ahead. There's a men's World Cup coming up. There is a men's World Cup coming up. Uh, yeah. Has, has there been like any commercials or advertisements or things like that? I feel like this thing hasn't been promoted at all. I saw um, one. Did you? was it saturday or sunday it was during epl i think it was sunday because i think it was with it was with my kids because i i took the kids out of the house to some and i could get some work done um and it was stevie steven gerard doing a commercial for hyundai which is going to be in the world cup like yeah yeah clearly you know stevie g who got shit canned like what three weeks ago or whatever he's yeah he's like mm. in this big so I th- that's the first one i've seen that's like not on that wasn't on fox this is obviously on nbc um, but it, it said like World Cup sponsor or whatever Hyundai. So um, it's so, so yeah. wild because normally this stuff starts like months before the thing even kicks off. Well, yeah. No- normally there's also like a month of lead time too, right? That's or, right. You know, three or three and a half weeks of of build up or whatever. This is like, yep. oh yeah, games games were done on Sunday and then they, it yep. fucking kicks off in seven days or six days. Yep. Less than that, so, yes. So it's nuts. Uh, yeah, uh, but like on Twitter, yeah, you know, they they have ads every every you know six seven posts on your timeline about stuff like that so uh yeah, I'm not... yeah no we haven't seen much of it but you know we are going to talk about group c at one point and so hopefully yeah. we'll be able to all dive in <laughs> into the wonderfulness of what group c brings so yeah, let's the nice, go the, the nice thing about twitter is that i don't use i don't use twitter the twitter project i use like tweet deck generally for on my computer yeah, I so know that, yeah i don't see all those all the and I have the I have Twitter on my phone, but I very rarely ever use it actually on my phone. So, yeah, let's jump into Group C, Rodrigo. Um, kick us off and, and tell us a little bit about Group C. That's got one of the favorites, uh, a team that a lot of um, Americans will be keeping a, keeping on uh, on track of too. So, yeah, I mean, I know all the Americans are maybe watching uh, Saudi Arabia for sure. I think that's going to be their their main focus. I you know I have like sure. five Saudi Arabian dudes in my Panini book already. Like I don't know, they just stacked all of my Panini stickers with fucking Saudi Arabia. Um, hey, but yeah, wait, more, where'd you get the Panini book? Because I've been looking for one. Is it? I I ordered it online actually through World uh, Soccer Shop. Like okay. I just bought. I'm doing it with Ragnar, and like we're gonna do actually like a Panini, um, like an advent calendar. Like we're gonna stick a bunch of other things in there so you can open them up and all that for <laughs> for Christmas oh, and stuff. But let me know what he's missing. I used to we used to yeah. do those kind of things in Peru all the time. And we were just like we go to the mercado and then we'd be and then we trade and buy stuff. We'd yeah. be like, I'm missing 15, 20, and 25. And I'll be like, okay, here's I'll sell those for you for two dollars. I was like, cool, here. And then you trade stuff in. I miss doing that kind of stuff. Me and my dad would do it all the time. Anyways, um, just to go over group C, which I think is probably one of the most um diverse groups in the aspect of corners of the world. You have uh, Team Argentina, uh, you have Mexico, you have Poland, and you have Saudi Arabia. Um, so let's start with uh, let's start with um, one of the one of our one of the most probably talked about teams around here. Um, you know, uh, El Tri, and uh, let's start with uh, how they got here. Well, um, they ended up getting second place in the qualifications and. Um, you know, third place, second place. Does it really matter how they got here? The main thing about 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 Mexico is how is Tato Martino going to be able to make this work and make this be a successful place for for Argentina? 
I mean, for Mexico, because they have to play Argentina, <laughs> they have to play Poland, and they have to play Saudi Arabia, right? So Tata Martino, you know, who was hired in, in January 2019, has really not been able to, let's say, get a trophy in a sense of any of the other tournaments that that Mexico has kind of kind of been part of, and it it's really hard to understand. Uh, not only dealing with the scrutiny with the Mexican press, and we know how 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 that is, you know, if anything, just you know, they might be able to rival a little bit of of what the Brazilian league looks like and what um, the Magoyas has to go through every every, every uh, game afterwards. Saw that, just, huh? yeah, yeah, I totally the... saw that. Yeah, so Classic. so, but overall, like like Mexico is in a situ is in a group where like. They actually, depending at the Mexico team that shows up, um, they they could actually get further further down than expected. I personally never know what type of uh, team Mexico is going to show up, but I do know that uh, Chucky Lozano is literally tearing up uh, tearing up Napoli all over all over this uh, this world right now and all this Champions League aspect of it, and he's in really tip-top form and it's just something that you need to be able to do um to be able to right and i think that's that's the number 22 is is going to be key into the aspect of how they are going to do anything um i think also you know um we have to look out for edson alvarez the midfielder um he's played with ajax and um has you know he has that interest from other top teams and the defensive infielder is is an excellent ball winner and started to produce more in in, a, in an attack of course everyone thinks that the leader in this team is Guillermo Memo Ochoa and you cannot deny the fact that Ochoa has been I don't know he's been the one constant person um in this Mexican roster team that that is um uh, that totally has been you know, kind of the rock and solid leadership that that you that you need to. Um, you wonder what do they really need to do? And I think you you need to look at some of the other players on this team that you might have to look out for. You know, I want to see what Alexis Vega can do um, with his opportunity here in Qatar. Um, he's been pretty solid for both club and country, um, and so I want to see just overall how he's willing to um, kind of play with Lozano on the opposite side and just see what he can what he can do. He's really good under pressure, has quick feet, and he keeps possession when he's when he's under pressure. And though he now might be the fastest, right, uh, he extremely is a essential in that counterattack that Mexico relies on. Um, let's see a little bit of history about uh, Mexico. Is this would be the 17th appearance in the World Cup. Um, last time in 2018, they were out here in the round of 16. I think the best finish that we've seen in Mexico will be back in 1970 and 1986, which was the quarterfinals. Um, I'm really like, wasn't that one in Mexico up? too? Yeah, it was 86. I 86. Think, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. I think 70. Thing... Mexico, Mexico, 70. Seven. No wait. 86 was in. Mexico, 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 seventy. When uh, that was the yeah, right. last the one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. right. I got you. Yep. What was eighty six then? I don't think of it. Because that was the that was the magical. Uh... It's not. Was that Argentina? Yeah, that was that was when Argentina. No, the eighty six was Mexico too, guys. 
Oh, was both of them. Two? There you go. We're both, yeah, we're both right. Yay. <laughs> Everybody yeah, was like, wins. Was Mexico, 90, was, 90 was Italia. Was That's it. 94 was the US. That's what I'm thinking. Everybody wins. 94. Yeah. Anyways, back to like this group. Um, it really like I've been really struggling to figure out where Mexico will play in this group. I think their biggest matches. You you're going to you're going to funny about this. I think their biggest matches is not only Argentina but also Saudi Arabia. I think those are going to be um they're, they're going to be their key matches. I think Poland, you know, is also um uh, a a team that that that's also has kind of like a dark horse uh, entity. And we'll talk a little bit about it, why, but just overall, I think those are the most uh, important um, aspects of, of Mexico. We'll see which team you get more than likely. Um, you know, I think if they get out of the group, you're right. You know, it might be second place or third place. Right. But, but I don't know how much further of that they'll be able to get out. And I think that's one of the things that um, in this household is going to be very, very troublesome to even talk <laughs> about. Um, uh, if anyone of you know, uh, this household is always divided when it comes to soccer, specifically for world qualifications and all that kind of stuff. Um, CONCACAF, we're usually uh, Mexico. Uh, COMEBOL, we're usually Peru. But uh, when the World Cup comes, it's, it's, it's all hands off. So, yeah. <laughs> well, um yeah, I think you didn't even mention Tata Martino is uh, Argentinian as well. Um, so there's that factor as well that he's, you know, be facing off against, you know, his his country of of birth and origin. So there is that. Tell us tell us a little bit more about that, about uh, Nubia and, and uh, Mexico and your the tensions that uh, rise up during during matches. Well, I mean, um Usually, like whenever, I mean, there's very few times where Mexico's played Peru, but when they have, it's uh, even in a friendly, it's uh, it's divided household. It's kind of like your household when you guys got Derby Day, Zeller. It's kind of like that type of thing, but just take it to another different extreme, right? Like, I might be sleeping on a couch or sleeping outside, depending on on on, hmm. on what the result is and what we end up being. But you know, like, in my growing up in Peru, it was always like you cheer you cheer home team first. Right, and then when it comes to World Cup, you you cheer your region, your region or your continent. So for me, it's Comebol, and then by uh, by uh, osmosis and association, right? Um, you know, Concacaf, the team that I have to cheer for is mostly uh, Mexico. So it's going to be kind of different for uh, this household because uh, my allegiance and the way that I was brought up, like it's World Cup, and Peru is not playing on it, so I got to cheer for a lot of the Comebol teams, which means that. At one point, I'm going to have to cheer for Argentina when they play Mexico. And I honestly, I might be asking Eric if I can crash in his basement with all the mice he might have around there. So, But I might just drink all his booze in the basement. So I don't know if he wants to do that. So <laughs> there, is that so, there is that. Bigotes Bigot is now uh, full attack ratter. So he, he's going after him. Don't worry. We actually caught two yesterday. So we got him. All right. Bigotes. You are is, welcome. Yeah. Yeah. being Bingo. All if you right, need to stay you. in the midway area, you can always crash it. Uh, we have a ba- we have a bedroom basement too, Rodrigo. So just <laughs> let me know. You have options. MJ got something. So I want to know from Eric's perspective, since Rodrigo just said his like allegiances and that he is region first when it comes to the World Cup. And to be honest, that's the way I was brought up to um, stupid college sports analogy. Like 
you hate the Big Ten rivals during the Big Ten season. And once NCAA tournament comes, you're cheering for all the Big Ten teams. Or once the bowl season comes for college football, you're cheering for all the Big Ten teams. Uh, that's just the way I was raised. Um, I would be, first of all, interested in how many U.S. fans cheer for Canada and Mexico in anything. Um, mm. Uh, like put put region over other other things once something like the World Cup. And I would also be curious on the East Asian side of things if China, Japan, or Korea cheer for each other at mm. all. Yeah. Um, but I I cheer for other a- Asian teams um, when it comes to World Cup again. So because that's kind of how I was raised. Eric, mm-hmm. are you as a Brazil fan going to be cheering for other common bowl teams like Ar- Argentina? Um. um definitely like in the group stages sure okay yeah it, 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 it'll, it'll get more complicated once we get into knockouts and things like that for sure um but yeah the the, the more coleman bowl it gets through the better i think and uh you know i'm i'm, I'm always hoping like we'll, we'll talk about the u.s and this eventually one of these and uh, i always hope they can do it as well as they can as well i think it's good for the country good for the evolution of the sport um and i think with the history of of brazil and africa like i'm always I'm always looking for uh, an African team to have success as well. Get through. Yeah. I just like to reiterate that, you know, uh, you know, by, by obligation, you know, it's Argentina and Mexico for me so far out of this group, (laughs) but that does not mean that, you know, I, I, you know, I'm fully like full blown support, like Copa America is a whole different thing, but we can get into that some other time. (laughs) But uh, since we've been speaking about Copa Bowl, let's go ahead and, and, and jump into Probably one of the favorites in this in this tournament, if not uh, one of the ones that you kind of need to be talking about. Let's talk about they are, Argentina. They are so, second favorite, Rodrigo, behind Brazil. Yeah. Actually, Brazil is the is the odds-on favorite, and Argentina is the is second favorite right now. So yeah, tell us, yeah, tell us more, man. So Argentina, how did they get here? Right. Well, unfortunately, just literally, just like um, uh, they were not beaten in in World Cup qualifying, just like Brazil. You no, know, they had an eleven and six and zero records so they were they tied six times and actually one of those ties was with brazil in that wonderful uh controversial game that game was where they, insane where where we had brazilian <laughs> we talk, yes what is it like the cdc kind of jump in the middle of yep. the game and stop it halfway before it started or like it was yeah it was garbage we talked about it was drama show. it was telenovela it was it chaos was. and and we love chaos you know yep. when it comes to soccer and tournaments and what more chaos can you get or telenovela writing can you get than actually um having what is deemed to be one of the best players currently in the world um finally get the monkey off his of his of his shoulder and actually win a trophy with uh with uh, Copa America and with that um, doing it without um, having to be the sole proprietor of creating everything. And I think that's one of the interesting things about this Argentinian team that's built so much like a telenovela or a Hollywood ending because Messi has said that this is going to be his last World Cup and he's already won a trophy. So what more best would be to um, step out of the shadows of Diego Armando Maradona and, and bring a World Cup to, to Argentina uh, though that will be incredibly annoying as a fellow South American to be able to do that. But I, I, I can't really fault them for thinking in that matter. I mean, Netflix released a documentary uh, not too long ago in which uh, you know we're kind of following Messi around in the Argentinian team. 
And we hear this speech that he gives right before the final, the Copa America, this last Copa America. And if it's not inspiring, I, I don't man, that man's like totally got like got uh, that all, all figured out. I think that was one of the, the, the best speeches I've heard recently of someone else trying to motivate his players. But overall, you know, there's lots of important players for um, for Argentina to be able to do it. And that's, that's the wonderful thing about Argentina currently right now and what probably why they're one of their favorites. It's like for many years, it's always been Messi that has to do everything for them. For every year, for every every time, it's always a messy has to do it, messy has to do it, and for once, it's not, right? And I think that's probably the the biggest relief for him is that he doesn't have to be the the creator, the defender, and the and the goal scorer all at once. He gets to be able to be um, kind of like what he is at PSG, kind of like he is at Barcelona. They've built a team around to be able to 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 hone in his strengths, right? And you have you start with with the goalkeeper, right? Um, um, Emiliano Martinez, right? I mean, we remember his antics and his trash talking in the Copa America uh, penalty kick shootouts, and he's been consistent through World Cup qualifying, um, and he's a shoe in for sure to be able to be in the starting eleven. Um, you have to talk about uh, Christian Villa represent Christian Romero. Um, you know, you have to be able to talk about. Christian Romero is a defender. I mean, but most of all, as we've talked about um, in a lot of um, just overall soccer, it's like you always need someone who is a finisher, right? And, and me and Eric has gotten to discussion of how much Ronaldo, you know, big big Ronaldo, how how incredibly he was to be able to be such a finisher uh, and, make him, and make him so, so dangerous for that, for yeah. that matter. And, and uh Lautaro Martinez is becoming that person for Argentina. It's proven to be able to be that person. And so then that relieves so much stress, uh, you know, with with the um with this team. And I think that takes stress off Messi, but also trust takes stress of everyone else, right? That they actually have a supporting cast that can do what they need to do. And not to mention Otamendi, who's also another great defender. You know, they have a solid back line and a solid defense in that sense. And I think it's it's you know you have the 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 Rodrigos and you have you know the uh, the Marias that still can be dangerous and still provide that kind of support and then just how Messi just needs to be able to find his own place in that and I think that's 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 only that but just the confidence that this team has has pushed out through World Cup qualifying has been really interesting to follow and watch. They usually play a four three three. Which would be really interesting because you can really throw in offensive, offensive attacking formations and players into everywhere you want to. So that's really going to be a really interesting thing to see. But um, I think for them, you know, um, I think Poland's probably going to be a team that might be able to, um, you know, at least contain them long enough to to worry worry Argentinian fan bases the first forty five minutes. I think right. Um, Yep. And so I think overall, I mean, that makes that makes us kind of like one of the favorites. And I don't see why why they shouldn't be one of the favorites. Um, I mean, they've proven it uh, at least the past couple of years. They're one of the top national teams, if not if not the top national team that people would be willing to talk about and given the odds out to do that. But yeah, 
I mean, I agree. Um, it should be a lot of interesting things to happen in this group, and I want to see how Argentina kind of handles it. So we'll see on that, right? Try to see if they can rewrite history specifically since this will be Messi's last World Cup and how 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 Hollywood would it be to to have him walk out of the stage of soccer with finally winning a World Cup? And you know you can't you can't write more telenovelas more than that. I think overall, so yeah, I agree. It's the it's the white whale. I mean that this is the one thing that he's yeah, lacking. It's the, it's the pink and, elephant, right? And and even even he and Pele had the thing where Pele like essentially crowned him as the the new greatest player, giving him you know and well Maradona did it too. I mean, he was probably stoned though when he did it. Pele was sober, <laughs> high on cocaine. Um, Just completely you know, Eric, high. Eric, I will say one but, thing that Messi does does not have is an MLS cup. So there is. No, that. Oh yes, well said. He does not have an MLS cup. He might I'm though sure. in the near future. Yeah, yeah I think yes. David Beckins is banking on that being the thing that brings him over. He was like, "You, you." It's like, what? how 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 great of a PR move would be like he wins a World Cup and be like, "Hey, you don't have an MLS cup." <laughs> and you he, like he, Miami, come the on whitest down. of whales. <laughs> they win, they win, they win the World Cup. He takes his boots off. He leaves them at the center, the center circle, and says, "I'm taking my talents to Miami, bitch," and just like walks <laughs> off the field. <laughs> that would be amazing. Well, he, I, that's, he, that he does. Happen, he does but. have his his probably multi million dollar beach villa to. You know he's got he's got to sweep some floors and you know no he doesn't he's probably got like <laughs> yeah, oh yeah no maids I'm guessing you guys <laughs> he does have property he, though he, he has a place there when he if, would if, vacation if in Miami. Comes to Miami what's the chances that Minnesota United can get and and help Di Maria zero why <laughs> why would you get Di Maria like seriously <laughs> absolutely zero hey I would I would we, go we want with more Argentinian players we want more Argentinian attacking players Rodrigo. We want a striker then, so the goal Lautaro Martinez, though he's never going to play for the MLS team anytime soon. You don't, but... Wait, wait, you don't think missing I can match Inter's offer to uh, Martinez? Uh, do you, do you think Messi likes snow? I never said we should try go after Messi. All right, let's keep it moving. What else we got, Rodrigo? Um, um, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about about Poland. So that I mentioned them, um, and so let's go ahead and just get that get that kind of out of the way. Uh, Poland took an interesting um, um, way into the World Cup. Um, they were second in their in their bracket and their team and their group for qualifiers, and then they were scheduled to play. Dun dun dun! Anyone remember uh, the host of last World Cup? Russia. Yeah, they're supposed to play Russia. Oh, that whole mess. But then, okay. But yeah. Then you know they uh, they invaded a country again. Yes. So. So, because they invaded a country, you know, they um, they pretty much uh, uh, Poland got like a free pass to the finals in a sense, right? And they ended up playing Sweden, and um, and when they played them at home, it you know it became a two zero win for them, and that's how they were able to qualify to the World Cup. The one thing I'll give Poland though is that. They are um they 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 have they have the lack of consistency to be able to be successful, right? I think um you know everyone thought that uh Lee Wai, Robert Lewandowski was going to have a great tournament in 2018, and it just ended up being, I don't know, probably one of the not the greatest outfits. Um, and then you look at the Euro in 2020s. 
and everyone's like, yeah, Poland, Lewandowski, and that didn't really pan out too well for them. Um, and so, you know, it, it's it's really interesting as to how they're going to they're going to do things around here and what kind of team you're going to get. Um, this team usually likes to play with three center backs and a bunch of win backs. And so the question really becomes is, do you have enough defenders that are not, if I were to compare this team to an MLS team, this is kind of like Minnesota United. Like the defense is older with unproven talent on the wings, right? So you uh, the midfield is kind of hard to prove. One side is veteran. The other side is still youth trying to figure out. And that's kind of like, you know, the, the the bonky situation, right? And then you have someone at our forwards that need to be fed. And who is going to be defeating the ones to Lewandowski? Lewandowski will get his chances. And Lewandowski only needs like a quarter of a chance to score a ball. And we've all seen it in his setup in Bayern and, you know, currently at at, at Barca where like he needs to be fed and he needs to be set up. And once he does that, he he's pretty, pretty great. He could be a golden boot winner for this tournament if Poland is able to find someone that can feed him the ball. And I think that's the conversation. Who is who is the midfielder that's going to be able to to do that? And I think um, uh, Poland is trying to bank it on, on Zielinski. Uh, their midfielder, uh, who's also playing with uh, with um, with Napoli this season, right? And he's been one of the, one of the number of players that at their best, they've been their best for the Italian club. And I think it's it's uh, he's very creative and can break the lines in the midfield. And he's not too old, right? He's twenty eight year olds, right? Um, he can create shots, and that's the thing that you need to be able to do. But that's just one midfielder. <laughs> Um, and who is going to be able to do more work than that? Um, Poland already has a, a, a good goal, goalkeeper. And I just, for the life of me, you know, I can't really pronounce his last name. Can you guys do that? So, so Vo- Wojciech Wojciech Szczesny. Szczesny. That's what it is. Szczesny. Vo- so, yeah. Wojciech Szczesny. Uh, and like Minnesota United, really good goalkeeper, plays for Juventus. So I, li- I like the analogy, Rodrigo. And he's been solid, right? And I think that's one of the things that you, you're able to you have an okay defense with veterans um, uh, and a solid goalkeeper, which is kind of like the thing is. Um, I think for me, I think the person that I'd like to see, this could be the World Cup that they come out of and like really put Poland in a better in a better situation that they are projected to be is, is Nikola Zaleski. Uh, the fullback, right? Who um, um, who plays, I believe, for Roma, right? And I think he's he's just one of the the twenty year olds, right? Really young player that has that speed and has that angle and is comfortable playing as a fullback, but is also very also very comfortable jumping in to the the attacking area and being that wing player that you need that fullback that you need to spread out and be able to do that. And I think if Nikola Zaleski is able to connect with Zelensky and um, Lewandowski, then you really have like a good counter attack mentality that you will be. But then again, you know, um, 
you have to be reliable on on what that defense is willing to do and what else is all the other midfielders are willing to be able to do that. If you lose any of these players, you really put Poland in a really tough situation as to what they can do. And they really want to do better than they did in 2018. They really want to do better than they did in the 2020 Euros, right? This is their ninth appearance, right? They exited last uh, World Cup in the group stage. I think their best finish uh, was third place, and that was back in uh, 82 and 74, if I'm if I'm right. Um, and one thing that I do have in common with um, with, po- with Poland, besides that Poland starts with P and Peru starts with P, it's been 36 years that has passed since Poland last reached a World Cup knockout stage. So it's kind of like what, you know, Peru sort of was. It took us 36 years to get back to the World Cup, but now we are able to uh, not do it again. Didn't get very far. So it's it's one of those things. Um, I think people believe that Mexico should be able to move Sue, but I also think that this team could give Mexico a lot of problems. And I think that's the thing that, for me, I think is the most important game is is – is playing against Mexico um, and that they, that, that that'll be a game I've loved to watch to see, just to be able to see which Polish, which, which, which teams really shows up being the best, best team they're supposed to be. And I think um, as a good counterattacking team, they should be able to, to, to take it to them. Uh, But it's up to, to see Tata Martino and, and his Argentinian ways to see if, if we can be able to make Mexico be successful like they, like they should be in this group. Right, which then leaves us um, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Um, and let's see. Um, I believe they go by the is it the Green Falcons, right? I think that's what they're referred to as. Um, and for the first time since 2006, Saudi Arabia cruised to the top of this group in the final round of the AFC World Cup qualifying, um, and that's how they nailed a home spot in Qatar. Uh, with a win over Australia in their last match. Um, and unfortunately, you know, like people who read FIFA rankings, right? And some of us do and some of us don't, depending on how how paid under the table you are. Um, um, uh, they have the second lowest ranked team to reach the World Cup this year. So they're ranked, I think, 51st in the world. Um, but, right, I think one of the things that that's really great about this team is just that overall um, they have uh, a, a coach, a manager who's uh, who led both the Ivory Coast and Zambia to Africa Cup of Nation titles. Uh, but also um, he's been with this club for quite a while. I mean, with this team for quite a while, with this national team, with these national team players, I think he's, He's four years being being the head coach of this national team. And and Eric will tell you better more than anything. Um, Eric would love to have a a a manager for Goyas that lasts more than six months. Um so four years is a very, very long time in I, I can't um, even imagine four years right now. Exactly, that's, that's... right? And so like I think, you know, like 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 even though they're low ranked uh team, they actually the fact that they've Really being successful in the qualifying rounds, um, they're really a tight, tight group. Um, but um, you know, I think it's just one of these things where, 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 what, what kind of players are you going to be able to see on this team? And I think uh, Aldosari, uh, Salim Al, 
Aldosari, who is a winger, um, who plays more like a like a wide forward or wide winger in the system, um, is able to is a primary goal scorer. Um, and I think we'll have to regain some of that form after his injury. And um, I think, you know, he will be key in the aspect of it. We always we always talk about World Cup and one of the World Cups is who's your finisher, right? You have to be able to finish. And, and he has done some of that for, for, this, for this team. I think uh, the defense uh, with Tessar Al-Sharani, um, I think it's interesting to see what he can do as a left back. I'm not too well versed at, at, in the Saudi Arabia League or the league that they play in, like, uh, their club level because a lot of these players most of them uh, play in this league and I think that's one of the things is 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 that a lot of familiarity with all the other players on this roster is 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 probably like a plus for me that they all know how to play with each other and they've played each other and they know their strength and weaknesses and that that can make this team somewhat dangerous in, in a sense right I mean if you look at who um, who might be one of the breakout candidates or just someone to really keep an eye on, uh, besides the people I've mentioned, is Esfiraz Al-Uraikin, uh, who is the main man uh, at the Saudi side of Al-Feta. Uh, and he uh, just seems to be poised to be able to go ahead and um, to have a good performance. And I think that's one of those things. Uh, the 22-year-old should have at least a play that kind of sparks off the bench if needed, but can also be switched off for to be in a starting rotation. And I think having a 22-year-old at the World Cup is always like, you know, here it is, go for glory. See how long it takes you to, to figure that out. And I think that's really interesting. For me, um, I think, you know, some of the toughest matches will be, of course, Argentina, but I really am focusing uh, either on, on that Poland game on November 26th or that Mexico game to be able to see what really brings them into um, if, if this team is, is, is what they, what they claim to want to be right. They want to be able to contend. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, if you guys want to add anything more besides the fact that, you know, uh, Zeller has a bunch of, a uh, bunch of Saudi Arabia, uh, Panini uh, stickers or player cards <laughs> that he needs to put in there. I mean, I, besides that, five, I mean go ahead. I have, Far too many. Um, I'm just. I mean, it's great. I'm learning. I'm learning about the Saudi Arabian team. But I, yeah, the other thing I'm learning too with the with the, all the Panini stickers is like they're all like 1989 is the oldest, but like 1992, 1994. I'm like, holy fuck, these guys are are, are young, or I'm mm. old. We're old, I guess. Maybe is the that's is the correct is. way to. We're old, yeah, yeah. No, that's young. That's team, so yeah, yeah. That's great, Rodrigo. Oh. Uh, how do you? Who, who are you your? Oh, yeah. Please. How do you how do you see the group shaking out? Is it Argentina, oh, Mexico, man. or I think like in in order to survive um, twenty plus marriage twenty plus years in marriage, I have to say Argentina first and then Mexico second. But I would not be surprised if uh, if Saudi Arabia kind of surprises people. Um, and I would like Saudi Arabia. To see huh? what, yeah, I think Saudi Arabia has has um, like as a coach, like as long as you can play. A team game and this is what soccer is in a sense like you, you you have a chance and i think that's the thing that you you kind of you kind of attracts me to to saudi arabia in that sense that they have a chance to maybe go pass in as a, as a third team i think the issues with poland has always been their defense their midfielder and they have to be able to feed Lewandowski the ball and they haven't done you mean 
they're the the reason they got into the World Cup was you know they drew Russia and Russia backed out and then they beat Sweden. They haven't had the most consistency aspect of it uh, um, experience playing in to get into this World Cup. So do they have the better players? Yes, but do they have the consistency in the team chemistry? That's what we're going to find out in this world. Well, interesting. Um, yeah, very interesting. All right, so now it's the point uh, we're gonna uh, thank our uh, one of our co our sponsors here, uh, Podium Wear, talking about some of the fire shirts of of these particular groups. Um, <clears throat> MJ, you want to kick us off with what your fire shirt of Group C? You're muted, MJ. First of all, I want to say that the runner up is obviously Saudi Arabia's uh, home kit. If you want uh, the golden falcons or sorry the green falcons you have the green falcon national crest in the you know in the corner and then just think of like zubas but better you know you know green and white and black zubas for the saudi arabia kit but but better um so that gets the runner up um and then as much as i hate to to give mexico anything um that awake the aztec inspired away kit um, with various different uh, Aztec deities uh, inscribed on it is like everything that Portland wanted their away kit to be, but way, way, way better. It's really cool. Yeah. So yeah, if- I, I don't disagree. I think, I mean, the Saudi Arabia away kit is, 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 is pretty fun to look at and like the green pops off and whatever else they're trying to do with the, with, with, with it, but it's just overall, like it's a clean kit. You know what I mean? And like clean kids stand out. Uh, but, you know, Mexico, that that away kit, oh, my God. Yeah, know? they knocked it out of the park. It's they knocked nice. it out of the park with that. You know, in my household, the Mexican versus Peru jerseys, you know, there's like Peru has, you know, each of my kids is at least four Peru jerseys. Ask them <laughs> how many Mexican jerseys they have. Yeah, exactly. And so <laughs> this is this is. This is the talk of the town right now in this household. It's like, how do we get our hands on a hole on these? And and that's going to be a very expensive uh, process for a lot of us to try to figure <laughs> out. But eventually, you know, like me and Eric used to go. What was that website, Eric? We used to buy like knockoff, knockoff, uh, knockoff jerseys. Talking about. I, I can't think of it right now. I know. I know what you're it was like about. some sort of like AliExpress or something like that. <laughs> I forget what it how was. About, how about we talk about an awesome website where you can get uh, real jerseys? <laughs> <laughs> real authentic minnesota made nice. jerseys nice segue um, my guy like, very good yeah that's this is why they pay me the big bucks uh yes. podium wear uh podiumwear.com again like like some of these like these kick-ass shirts that we've been talking about you can create the design they have a designer in-house that will help you they'll work through everything with you and and create a, a cool unique uh one-of-a-kind uh shirt that they do i mean they do all, everything um it helps your team stand out from the crowd again like I said, they're made right here in minnesota um, as I mentioned last week, I think I toured the their little factory and just saw so met cool. everybody met everybody who does things, which is which is you know pretty pretty freaking cool. Knowing that everything's going to be in house here, and then um, at, we talked about last week they have an online storefront, which makes it really easy for teams to to get everything to, with parents. Um, you know, not everybody on your on your soccer team is organized, whether it's a you know ten year olds or it's a your your you know seven v seven old person rec league. Like no one's organized. You have one cool like place where you can send people. Um, everything is taken care of on the website. You don't have to collect any money, things like that. It's really cool. So if you're interested in learning more um, or have a, a 
a request, a Jersey request, you can reach Brian um, at podiumware.com. That's Brian at podiumware.com. Or you can give him a call at 651-895-4559. And thanks to Podiumware for helping sponsor the the Daves and Minnesota Football Show uh, World Cup podcast. Yeah, Woo-hoo. and I think, you know, Podiumware has, 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 has done some really great kits um, for at least my involvement in youth soccer. So I think that's one of the things, too, that they've done. Uh, but I've also, like you, I've toured the place and I've, I've been amazed at just how it works and um, it's being so local. And sometimes what, you know, things where things I needed some questions or I needed some fixing on some of the stuff that I got, you know, they were available. So just just call them and it would go up. You know, it's, it's, a, it's in town is literally in in. Is that considered Midway or no? It's just St. Paul, right? Like it's, it's off Raymond. So, yeah, I think it's technically on the other the Midway. The, the boundaries of Midway are, are a little. uh Lucy Goosey, let's put it that way, Rodrigo. So it's very close. It's it's right by 280 um, off of University and Raymond. So St. Anthony Park. I think it might be technically St. Anthony Park because it's on the yeah, other side of right. Raymond. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, cool. I know from Broomball, when you go local with jerseys, sometimes you have a custom design and then you want to reorder that. And there's all these extra costs because, like, oh, yeah, that distributor is out. When you go with Podium Wear, you're going to get a custom design. It's not going to go to production. There's not going to be supply chain issues. So yeah, hit them up. Yep. <clears throat> cool. All right. Well, let's transition to the group that has the uh, front runner, as it were. Um, group G. And um, Eric, you have Group G. So tell us a little I bit do. about it. I'll, I think I'll actually hold the front runner for a second, and I'll start more in the middle. We'll circle back, just because these two pair up in a very really interesting way that. I didn't even start to think about it until I uh, started to take notes on this thing. It's, it's pretty incredible. Um, I, I feel like FIFA and the world are, <laughs> are laughing at us and setting something up here. Uh, so the group itself, though, is Brazil, as Dave alluded to there, Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. I'm going to start with Serbia. Serbia qualified by coming in la- uh, the last uh, spot in Group A, they beat Port- Portugal and actually sent Portugal to the uh, the little playoff they had to do where they barely squeaked into qualifying for the World Cup. Um, important players include Tadic. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing, but Tadic, he's a midfielder at Ajax. Uh, Milankovic, he's a defender at Fiorentina. Vlahovic, he's a forward at Juventus. And Mitrovic at Fulham. Uh, how they play, most likely a 3-5-2 from what I gathered. Uh, they kind of let Tadic do his own thing and just kind of float between the midfield and the uh, attack, kind of let him roll. Um, most important match would be against Switzerland on December 2nd. <laughs> My note says, hopefully not starting a world war. I will speak on that in, in a little <laughs> bit as I connect with Switzerland. Uh, fun fact about the country, uh, this will be... It's, it's, this is really interesting. Like, so there's no way to go into all the Balkan history in a, in a you know, a small podcast like this. Um, but as Serbia, this will be their third World Cup as an independent nation, 2010 and 2018 being the, the first two. Prior to that, when Yugoslavia existed, they played in many World Cups and actually did really well. Yugoslavia went to the final. Um, and then one time, as Serbia and Montenegro, they uh, they represented in 2006 with that title. So 
if, if there were a team that wins for like the most representations of different versions of whatever their border is and whatever the country is and like the insanity that is, you know, Balkan politics and war and genocide and sadness. <laughs> it's Serbia. Yeah. If, if you want more of our of Balkan talk, you can listen to Eric and my uh, Balkan Today, but from yesterday podcast where we talk about yes. Balkan history. So that's right. That's right. Um, Switzerland, how do they qualify? They won Group C in UEFA. Uh, important players. Let's see. They've got, we'll start with these guys. They've got Mbolo. He's a Ford at Monaco. Sommer, really good goalkeeper at uh, Motion Gladbach in the uh, Bundesliga who really was a, a pain in Mbappe's ass in the Euros. He really stuffed him and saved. He might be, he might be the best keeper in the Bundesliga right now, honestly, Jan Solmer. There you go. Um, the dude has made, watching, because we watch a lot of Bundesliga at the Black Card in between EPL games, and um, he just made has made some ridiculous saves. So, Yeah. And then, of course, we've got to mention the Albanian Eagles, uh, Jack Squareman, <laughs> Shakiri. The power cube. Chicago Fire. The power, the power cube. cube. I like that. It's good. And his buddy Shaka at Arsenal. And of course, I, I bring this up because, yes, they're ethnic Albanians. Yes, in the last World Cup, when uh, I think it was Shakiri that scored, right? Well, they he both did. Yep. did. Yep. Both Shakiri, it was, I think it was after Shakiri, the, the incident. Yes, yeah. they did the Eagles. They got fined for it for perhaps escalating ethnic tensions. <laughs> and and that was, I don't even remember who the match of who that was. Like, it was just like a general fine. So you talk about like escalating ethnic tensions, you're going to play Serbia. <laughs> so I'm really curious to see what the conversation was between the coaching staff and maybe FIFA and who knows whoever else just be like, guys, please don't do the Eagle thing when you play Serbia because considering what's happening in Ukraine right, right now, you know, who, who knows if that could be yet another friends Ferdinand thing where oh. the, the two Albanians in Switzerland do the thing and then Serbia decides to invade or something. I mean, that would, that would be, yeah. Uh, so that, that that's my world war reference in the previous one. <laughs> um, Switzerland is a very good team, though, uh, having said all that. Uh, four five one is what we're looking at. A little flexibility with, with those two guys, Shakiri and Shaka. Um, again, I think their most important match is against Serbia and hopefully not <laughs> causing more ethnocultural violence and genocide. Uh, fun facts about the country. They actually were the team that, by winning their UEFA Group C, they sent Italy to the playoff where they lost and crashed out and did not qualify for this world cup. So to North Macedonia, <clears throat> that's right. That's exactly right. So if you're happy that Italy is not in the world cup, you have Switzerland to thank. Um, they had a really good quarterfinal run in this past Euro where they lost to Spain. That is their uh, best international run ever. So they are coming off of quite a bit of momentum coming into this thing. And I just put, of course, we know that FIFA is based there in uh, in Switzerland, uh, built on top of mountains and mountains of Nazi gold. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> Other fun fact, obviously, our, our good buddy Jerome Tieson, um is uh, Swiss as well. So, you know, yes. he, he's, he's living a good life, retired as a soccer player in Switzerland there. So um, Cameroon. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Go go steal some of that gold, bud. <laughs> take, take that Nazi ass gold. I'm uh, I'm suddenly inspired to rewatch Syriana for some reason. Yes, that's the oh, that's a really good movie. Uh, Cameroon. I think Cameroon probably had the most dramatic World Cup quali- qualification out of all the teams. They were uh, on their second leg of uh, of a double with Algeria to get in, and. It goes to the 118th minute in stoppage time. It's a 1-1 draw. And Algeria scores. And it seems like it's over. Algeria is going to the World Cup. Two minutes later, 120th minute, (laughs) freaking Cameroon scores. And because the away goals still function in in qualifying there, at least in in CAF, or maybe the African Confederation there, uh, Cameroon steals it. Like literally the last possible second, so that's wow. how they got there. Pretty dramatic. Pretty dramatic. Um, they got some good players. They got, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Shupo Mating. He's at uh, Bayern. Uh, Abu Bakar. That's probably a familiar name. He's in uh, the aforementioned Saudi Arabia at Al Nasser. Uh, Ekambi. He's a midfielder at Lyon. Onana, goalkeeper at Inter Milan. They play a four-four-two. Most important match, I just put all of them. They need points. It's it's probably going to be a bit of a rough ride for this team, unfortunately. Having said that, though, they are the most storied team from the CAF, from the African Confederation. This will be their eighth World Cup. That is the most of any African team. And I put in here, worth noting, that they took England to PKs in the quarterfinals of the 1990 World Cup. That was their best run. Okay, well, I left one out here, so... Let's talk about Brazil, Brazil, Brazil. They uh, qualified by winning Comebol first, undefeated. A couple ties in there. Um, important players. I mean, this one almost seems just unfair because I, I put it here. You, you start with the players that were cut and didn't even make the national team. And probably 20 of the 32 teams would kill for all these cut players to be on their national team squads. Um, Dave, you obviously know the name uh, Roberto Fermino. Didn't make it this time. Yeah, it's, um, I thought that was weird because he's been in pretty good form, all things considered. But I think a lot he, of them I think have. the writing on, was on the wall. He hasn't really played since the um, uh, Copa America mm-hmm. two year year ago, year and a half ago, or whatever. So um, yep, for yep. for for Brazil, obviously. So yep, uh, Gabi Gol was another one. He he just won um, the. Uh, Copa do Brasil with Flamengo, and then a week and a half later, turned it around and won Libertadores with Flamengo. Didn't make it, and on and on and on. There's, it's, it the the depths of of the uh, of the squad are literally, you know, twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Trying to keep that metaphor going. Um, so who's good? Everybody's good. Um, Alisson, obviously Liverpool. You know him as well, Dave. Uh, great goalkeeper. Is, on the defense, is he the, is he the starter for the team? Not, he, not, yeah, um, not Ederson. Okay. They, they might rotate at some point, but I think he'll be number one. Yes. Um, Thiago Silva, uh, kind of running the defense, uh, center back, likely the captain, uh, kind of looking for some revenge. Uh, Casemiro, midfielder, usually formerly with uh, Real Madrid, now with Manchester United. I put in here, he should be the captain. Um, I don't know if they're going to pass the armband. Um, Neymar, hopefully not sucking <laughs> PSG. <laughs> uh, and then just these ridiculous forwards. There's, there's just so many. 
Um, you've got the uh, the pair from Real Madrid with Vinicius Jr. and Rodrigo. Uh, Rafinha at Barcelona. Richarlison at Spurs. Gabriel Jesus at Arsenal. And like Richarlison and Jesus I put in here, those, those guys might ride the pine. It's just ridiculous. Like <laughs> these guys that are so good tearing up the Premier League. Maybe they play like 20 minutes. They may, they may not even get any time. It's it's pretty wild. Um, and then the big surprise, I think, for most Brazilians when when the whole thing came out uh, was old man uh, Dani Alves making his third World Cup at 39 years young. He is at uh, Pumas, Damn. which also means uh, this will be the first ever Liga MX representation for the mm-hmm. Seleção Brasileira. Um, yeah, I, I will he get any playing time? I think is the big question. But I think, you know, the role is maybe almost more of a player coach, just to have an elder statesman there and somebody that's been through it and you know knows the knows the tournament style. Um, Rodrigo, or no, uh, oh, we were joking around on the on the Slack channel about it, like um, uh, Roy Kent. We said he might have a Roy Kent moment where they put him in for like 15, 20 minutes and he does some amazing feat and just like rips every tendon and <laughs> ligament in his body. And like, that's it. <laughs> Carry him off of the stretcher. <laughs> I mean, I mean, when I heard that Danny Alves got selected, I really had my hopes up for Roberto Carlos. Uh, um, hey, let's bring them all back. <laughs> resurgence. Right. I mean, yep. Yep. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of depth. Those is, is kind of the, uh, the theme here. How do they play? Uh, four three three, but it's going to be very fluid. Uh, Jogo Bonito. You're going to have a triangle basically with Thiago Silva, Danilo as your center backs, Casemiro as your D mid, and then it's just going to be whoever wants to do whatever they want to do from there. there. There's going to be a lot of shifting and samba and capoeira and just flying all over the place. <laughs> uh, most important match: uh, Switzerland on the 28th. Probably, probably the big one there. Um, fun facts. It will be exactly 20 years since the Penta, since the last time Brazil won in Korea, Japan in 2002. Um, we've been waiting, or there's been a lot of talk of this elusive Hexa, which would be the sixth uh, World Cup win since that uh, 02 World Cup for two decades now. Um, on paper, as you mentioned, Dave, uh, probably, you said, you know, the odds have them number one. On paper, they're probably the best team. They have the most depth. Uh, I put in here, they may be their own worst enemies. Um, Egos and political division and uh, personality things. I put in that it kind of reminds me of the 98 team in some respect, because that was another team that was absolutely stacked expected to win and get that hexa or get the uh the one in the middle right before so oh two would have been the hex but anyway that team had the Roberto carlos had the ronaldo had the ronaldinho had everybody that uh rodrigo was referencing and they cruised and there were a lot of egos and personality and you know fights with the coach and there's there's a whole other conspiracy in there with nike getting involved when ronaldo was was puking and the coach wasn't going to play him and Nike was just like, he's going to play or else. Um, and they lost. France beat him, right? France won that World Cup. So, yes, it, it's going to be interesting to see how these play, things play out. Like on, on the politics side, I think a lot of you don't have to tell you or the listeners uh, 
the election just happened. Brazil is still a very, very divided country. Stop me if that sounds familiar. A lot of ethno, uh, racial, national tensions, regional tensions. Uh, you've got like just within the team, Neymar decided he was going to support Bozo Nazi. And then you've got somebody like Hisharlison, who's really kind of coming into his own as more of a, an athlete activist, um, supporting a lot of um, middle class, or not middle class, uh, uh, working class uh, Brazilians and the, the left. And like these guys are going to have to like hang together. And there's there's more of them within that that group. So having Chute not just trying to manage his tactics, but manage all, all of this other socio-political ego baggage is, is going to be, is going to be a thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's, that might be the, uh, the big issue with this team. Um, do you I, think, I in, um, go ahead. do you think if they were to play Germany, that also will be another big issue? The, mm -hmm. the ghost of, um, that, I, th I think uh, I think they'd actually really relish it. I think that'd be like an exorcism of sorts if, if they were able to get Germany. They'd, they'd probably be ready for it at this at this point, I believe. I put in here too, I don't know if you guys remember this, in the O2 World Cup that they won, Japan-Korea, they, they actually lost their first match to Turkey. And Turkey then went on to win third place when Brazil won the cup. But it was kind of the wake-up call that they needed, that they weren't superhumans and so kind of i'm not necessarily hoping that they lose like that opening match or anything like that but kind of getting getting punched in the face once or twice might be good for this team it might be good for some of those egos so so who would you like them to lose to <laughs> um yeah <laughs> they're not they're not going to lose in this group <laughs> oh come hey man, on that, that, that first match is against serbia that's you know it could be, it could be tough. Like there, there, there could have, I could see some people uh, either Serbia or Switzerland, maybe stealing and, and getting a tie at some point. Um, but I, I seriously doubt they're going to lose in this group. Um, match Sounds days. Like the board oh, to me. Go ahead. MJ has got a question. I really like Fred, but I like Shakhtar Dionyek's Fred. I don't like mm -hmm. Manchester United Fred for multiple reasons. Yeah. How, how much playing time does the, youthful 29 year old get in the brazilian midfield uh I, he might ride the pine just like the other right yeah no know. i know when you <laughs> say depth i mean wait are I we talking know. about sexy right fred <laughs> <laughs> there's always a he, he, he is not too sexy by the way no no it's you say like this you say fred and you got and you gotta do the eyebrows fred um so your match days look like this uh on November 24th, it's Switzerland, Cameroon, Brazil, Serbia. Uh, on November 28th, Cameroon, Serbia, Brazil, Switzerland. Uh, on, the, on December 2nd, going into December, Cameroon, Brazil, Switzerland, Serbia, for, for hopefully world peace and not massive <laughs> violence in that match. Um, I've, got, I've got Brazil 1 and Switzerland 2. But, you know, Serbia could sneak in there, Dave. I think, I think you make a good point. Like, they, they are a good team. Um, they knocked out Portugal, well, from the group there at least. Um, I put in here, I'd love to see Cameroon make some surprises and, may, and maybe finish third too, but I'll, I'll stick with Brazil one, Switzerland two. Uh, all right. We are also uh, 
brought to you by Pence Homes. Mm-hmm. So let's get that uh, let's get let's get that record going. Do it live. Yeah, just do it live. Wait, we're doing it live. That's much better. All right. Chariots of Fire remix. Here you go. This part of the podcast is brought to you by the team at Pence Homes at Keller Williams Classic Real Realty. Pence Homes will help you walk through the process of selling and buying a home in a time frame that works best for you. If you have any home-related questions about equity, home projects, or when is the right time to sell, buy, contact our great friends at penthomes.com or 612-308-1122. Penthomes.com. Nice. I have the urge to go on a run. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I'll say same thing. Uh, We bought our home with uh, Nate. So I I, personal recommendation as well as the, you know, paying us money. I I did not buy my my home with Nate, but I do text him every once in a while to get leads on like, you know, things that I need fixed around the house. and, and, And Nate is great. And he, he, he was my support when my um, with my neighbor who used to be the NRA wearing hat, uh, <laughs> mow your lawn type of neighbor lived for me for like the first three years and eventually like gave me the 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 four one one and who the who the new person might be buying the, the house. So I'm I'm very thankful for Pence Homes. Not only just a a, a great place to to get to, to a realtor, you know, to find 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 a house, but. A great supporter of just soccer overall. And I think that's probably the, one of the greatest things that I, I enjoyed about that. So for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's awesome. So um, get at him if you or if any friends that you know who are looking to buy or sell a home. Uh, all right. Let's um, let's wrap up. Is there any uh, anything else we want to talk about in this group that we missed? Uh, a, a lot of boring kits, except for uh, I'll pick one fire kit and that is uh, the Ca- Cameroon home and away kits with the Cameroon tricolor on the shoulder and the uh, indomitable lions is their uh, nickname. So you got the big lion crest on there. Go I counter you. The, you like the Brazil away. The Brazil away is yeah. probably my, my favorite just because yeah. I've always been a fan of the blue, but the fact that they brought in the, uh, the Onsa Pintada, the, the Jaguar, uh, uh, what do you call it? I almost said stripes, but dots on the sleeves still in a, a greenish like a teal with with the the cuffs green and yellow i think it's beautiful i think it's absolutely yeah. beautiful. every time i see that kid i like want to want to see it on, on on the kids tv show go diego go just because it mm-hmm. looks like something diego would wear and then little jaguar as well too i think that would just be be an awesome thing to do but i i you know like i'm not trying to go against you but like the most complete kit has to be cameroon like you they're both away and home kits yeah they're, they're both fire for me so i don't know brazil has a great away kit home kit and eh, not so much well so <laughs> let me just say this on my they're, they're theory cool. of things like there are some soccer kits that are burdened by history um, the Brazil home, the Argentinian home, um, a lot of uh, the, you look at Portugal's home kit this year, 
all very, very safe. Um, very safe, very traditional, trying to hark back to the, the olden years. So um, I like it when teams can take risks. And so, uh, and I think to Eric's credit, where Brazil could take risks is on that away kit. And, and so they did. I'm wondering about right. the significance of that design on that camera. If you want to, if you want a fire kit of your own, check out our sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's, uh, that'll be a wrap for us for this episode. Um, if you want to get involved with our Patreons, you can go to patreon.com slash either MN football show or the Dave's I know, or both. Uh, you can follow the football, the Minnesota football show at MN football show on Twitter. Uh, we are at TDIKMN. I'm at Texas Zeller. Rodrigo is at RSC Spoken Word. Uh, MJ is at MJ Matsui on the Twitters. And Eric is uh, at Eric SB Musica on the Instagram if you want to uh, get that sweet Instagram action. <laughs> and our wonderful Jess, who's unfortunately, again, not able to be with us uh, at Jessica 1440839 or two. I'm very excited to uh, for the next pod because that's going to be, we have some of Jessica's. Uh, 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 sartorial expertise when it comes to kits um, for group F. So very excited for that. So, all right. Thanks again to Podiumware. Um, thanks again to Pence Homes. And we will, uh, we'll catch you on Thursday with our sec, our fourth and final preview podcast. And then man, it's the sock, the world cup's going to be starting a couple days after that. So thanks. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Ciao.